0: Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. This is Jason Witter, author, illustrator of Tiniest Vampire and Monsters Eating Ice Cream, and you are listening to Aaron's Horror Show. are listening to aaron's horror show and i'm your host aaron frail we get to read fiction on the show and talk about some movies books you name it if you like what i do here please consider supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash aaron frail you'll get some books and other cool stuff for your support go ahead and also reach out to me at aaron's horror show at gmail.com Aaron Horror Show on Twitter, or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We got more Cal's truth for you today. I'll go ahead and get right to it, then. Cal beat on the Turisticu prison cells with the rest of the prisoners on the way to roll call. She established a routine. Work hard during the day, try to impress the guard hanging out at work detail so that she would get cafeteria duty, and attempt to avoid pissing off the Orkandu, which was no small task. The Orkandu seemed to anger easily. If there was one thing that each prisoner had in common, it was their hate for the Turisticus. Even though Cal had only been there a couple months, she knew every prisoner had their stories about how the Turisticus had wronged them. She wasn't surprised that the Turisticus in prison needed to be separated from the rest of the population, so the inmates took their frustrations out with a loud smack on the Turisticu prison's maximum security cell doors each time they passed. Cal imagined that the Turisticus inside knew that each thump represented a person who would kill them given the opportunity. Even though Cal had never seen the doors to the cells open, She knew that even maximum security would not save the occupant inside if a riot broke out. The guards were careful about keeping the inmates in control. Even though they would let acts of violence go on for a little longer than they should, they still broke up fights before the situation escalated. The Turisticus had perfected a system always a few steps away from chaos. The more prisoners fought with each other, the less they would fight against their captors. Cal wondered how fearsome prisoners would be if they organized to achieve a common goal. After a roll call, she was shocked to hear she got cafeteria duty. Seular was jealous of her luck. In the cafeteria, she was given a quick overview of the food dispensers from the human, and the crowd began streaming into the dining hall. Cal worked tirelessly. To provide the meals. Once breakfast was finished, the crew working the food dispensers gathered for their meal. There was a human, a creature that looked like a bird with feathers that shimmered with many metallic colors, and a creature with a long, flat head and two eyes on either side. Cal set her nutritional supplement down along with the others. She sat right next to the human. The creature with the long, flat head admitted a series of growls and said, We did not give you permission to sit here. You are just a replacement. Siulari will be back when he is not sick. The human jumped to her defense. Cut her a break, Sid. She's only here for a little while. I do not like her. You don't have to like her. Just work with her a couple days and the things will be back to normal. Sid admitted another series of growls and dug back into his food. "'Don't mind him. He doesn't like change,' the human said. "'I'm Hayden.' The human stuck out his hand. It was the same strange gesture of greeting that Sarge had taught her. Humans liked to grasp each other's hands to measure the strength of grip. Even though Cal was the weakest of her village, she could crush a human's hand if she displayed her true strength. Besides, strength was of no value to her people. Dedication to the village mattered more. Humans seemed to value the individual. Her people valued the whole. She gripped his hand in the human fashion. He smiled at her, his touch sending tingles up her arm. She felt weak. He was attractive more than any of the boys of her village. Even though his skin was pale, eyes hazel, and hair brown all colors that didn't appear on her people, she couldn't help but want to look at him. She had barely spoken to him all this time in prison, and when she finally got a chance to speak to him, she had nothing to say. It wasn't that she lacked conversation ideas. He knew Sarge, and more importantly, he could tell her about her father's patch. Since Makyarnak sent her to spy on him, she knew he was an ally. She never intended to follow Machiarnik's orders, however, her brain seemed to shut down when she looked into Hayden's eyes. She found herself hyper-aware of her body, how she looked, sat, and handled herself. She would rather have her wits, but instead thought of him and how she acted around him cluttered her mind, and she hated it. "'And you are...' Hayden said after the awkward silence. "'Cal!' she blurted out and mentally scolded herself for looking foolish. The bird-like creature and Sid were already bored with the conversation and branched off into their own. So, uh Kel, what uh, brings you here? The touristic use? Hayden waved his hand, cutting her off. Everyone here has a touristicu story. I don't want to hear about that. I want to hear about you. Why did you volunteer for cafeteria duty? I don't know. I, I thought it would be easier than ore processing. Cal was only half-lying, serving the prisoners' dispensed food seemed easy compared to the potentially lethal duties of the ore refinery. Hayden laughed. (laughs) You think? (laughs) Let's wait till the end of the shift and see if you still believe that's true. Later that day, she was ankle-deep in excrement, body parts, and other organic matter. She wore rubber overalls, thick rubber gloves, and held a pole. She broke up clumps of waste that had congealed together. The smell alone was enough to make her vomit, which was also in the waste sludge. She was in a pool that was thankfully pretty low. It took up the space of the entire room that were several times the size of the village square back home. There were no guards watching them in here. They didn't have anywhere to go. (laughs) There was nothing to steal from this room. The cesspool was a holding tank for the entire prison's waste. Everything flushed down a toilet eventually made it to this room. The dispensers that created the meal used the contents of this room to construct the food. They sucked up waste from the pool, the proteins were separated, and the leftovers incinerated, leaving biomass to create more edible dishes. (laughs) The prison food tasting like crap is not an understatement, Hayden said as he broke apart a particularly disgusting clump. Uh, At least it's not dangerous work. The environment took the romance furthest from her mind, and she was able to speak to him again. (laughs) I don't know about that. Sue Larney (laughs) slipped in this crap and scraped his elbow. Is that why he's out sick, a a scraped elbow? Hayden laughed again. Cal was wondering, what was this human obsession with laughing? They seemed to enjoy doing it. (laughs) Oh no, Hayden said. Didn't I tell you about the bacteria in the pool? They separate the proteins and the rest of the crap in the system, and they don't make a distinction between living and the dead. Sailorani was eaten by bacteria? (laughs) Not all at once. A few got in his blood. (laughs) Get some on the skin and you'll probably escape with a burn if you wash it off quickly enough. Get some mixed with your bodily fluids. Well, having your organs liquefy from the inside is, uh, y- you get the point. Uh, couldn't they heal Sularney, give him a-, a pill or something? <laughs> Have you met the doctor? Cal nodded and slammed her pull on a couple of stubborn clumps. Besides, Hayden continued, treatment is pretty expensive. Our warden won't waste a money on a prisoner. So what happens if I slip? Don't. Hal hit a clump and it gave way easier than she expected. She stumbled and almost went into the goop. Hayden grabbed her by the shoulder and straightened her up. He didn't let go of her shoulder. His eyes went narrow. He spotted her father's patch. It was in her breast pocket. It almost slipped out into the goop as well. She tucked it back down and turned away. He turned her to face him with his hands, gentle yet commanding. ''Where did you get that?'' ''On my homeworld,'' Cal said. Don't lie to me. I'm not. The only way to get a patch like that is to pry it from the body of a- It was my father's. Your father was in the service? I don't know. Well, how could you not know? My mom said he died, okay? Oh, Hayden said stupidly. Cal decided to change the subject. Do you know Sarge? (laughs) Sarge? Hell, I served with the man. How do you know Sarge? I taught him to make Kansas City Barbecue. Hayden laughed. (laughs) Oh, I I doubt that. No, no, he, he, he escaped my home world. I taught him to live off the land. He also, like fermented grain, Hayden laughed again. Beer! It's called beer! They began to talk. Thankfully, Hayden did most of the talking. She was never good with social cues. Dealing with her people was confusing enough. A boy in her village asked her to be his partner at story time by dropping the ceremonial bonding stick at her feet. She threw a rock at him because she thought he wanted to play sports with her. Human social cues, on the other hand, were way more complex, mind-boggling even. Humans never said what they meant, and they would often expect others to know the unspoken part of the conversation. When she first met Sarge, she thought that there was half a conversation going on at a telepathic level. Before she realized, humans just expected everyone to know what they were even talking about, and what they were even thinking. Hayden seemed to like her well enough. The real question is whether she could earn his trust enough to make a move against Machiarnik. She needed to find a way to bargain with Hayden. Another lesson she had learned from Sarge was that humans always needed something for themselves, or they would not do something for others. Her village did everything for the good of the village. Humans made exchanges for everything. Whether it was currency, favors, or something else, humans had a strange view of the world. But she liked them for the most part, with the obvious exception of the Doctor. And this human had something else going for him. Later that night, she would close her eyes and imagine Hayden being close to her, touching her. But for now, she had to push her romantic dreams aside. She had too much to accomplish. Alright, that was more Cal's Truth. Tune in uh, next time for uh, some more. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good night. And never slip in the flesh-eating bacteria uh, goo. Uh, (laughs) Not only does it smell like poop, but it also eats your flesh, so not a good idea. Anyways, go ahead and take a look at some of the other real paranormal activity stuff and uh, have a good night.